understanding that there's going to be discomfort and anything new is that you're outside your comfort zone is they're going to there's going to be this period where it's you're going to be freaking challenged it's like it's like look at it as like initiation you know it's something that you're being initiated into the successful entrepreneur welcome to the diamond life mentor i'm your host Belage de bicardos and I've got something to share with you. And it just might be the key to unlocking more freedom in your life. I'll show you the way. Welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Life Mentor Podcast. I have a very special guest today that I'm so excited to have on the show. He's actually a really close friend of mine and a business partner that I've known for over eight years now. And his story is super inspiring. And he's been one of the people that have taken my mentorship and my coaching and uh, my leadership and actually applied it to the maximum and gotten epic results. And so I'm so excited to share uh, this podcast with you and we're going to dive in. So get ready, get rid of distractions that you may have right now and get ready to listen, to dive in and learn from Clint X. Morgan, brother from down under all the way from the Gold Coast of Australia, coming in live. It's so good to have you here, man. And and thanks for joining us today. Not a problem, brother. Great to be here. How are you? How you feeling? Excellent. Doing well. Excellent. <laughs> you got the, the leopard shirt on. You're ready to rock and roll. It's epic. <laughs> So let's start by those people who may not know you yet and know your epic uh, story. Let's start a little bit behind uh, the beginning where talk to us about your early days, like growing up with your childhood. What was the environment like and what were some of those core memories that shaped you into the man that you ultimately became? Uh, take us back. Yeah, so I... I guess you'd say a pretty pretty standard, um, but I said that to someone the other day. They said, "What's standard?" And I sort of said, "Like, you know, we didn't really have we didn't really have much money. Um, you know, like we sort of we never had the new new car. Like I always remember, you know, Mum had this uh, hole in Kingswood, <clears throat> which is just like a you know a car from the seventies. So we're sort of like behind the the time. We're just like kicking in this old." uh 70s kingswood and we'd be driving to school and like all the because mum had four kids and so we'd be driving to school and it'd be like the middle of winter and be raining and all the window all the windows would just be fogged up you know and i always like see, mm -hmm. see these people in the newer cars and we got all the tech where the windows don't fog up and things like that so i always, <laughs> I always, I always felt that um you know things were pretty scarce and uh but i guess within that there was a lot of love like my both my mom and my dad yeah, we, they really value family. And so, you know, there's a lot of time spent with our uh, grandparents and, um, you know, my aunties and uncles and things like that. So there's a lot of love. But when I was 12, my uh, father, he left, um, left the family, mom and dad split up. And so, which was very traumatic and, you know, really broke mom's heart. So she was left in, in heartbreak. And so I was there as a 12 year old um, boy gone okay my father's gone now what and I guess from that I think I rebelled and so I rebelled against school I was sort of like pretty smart but I I really just sort of like just started mucking around and playing up and just didn't really care about school and things like that which I guess like you know in, in hindsight it was a good thing because it just made me rebel against everything so I, I see that as a as a good trait of me now and I think I can really reflect on a lot of things that happened, even 
even being raised with no money, it was like it drove me to, you know, want to create money and saw people that had money and thought, what would that be like? You know, and so it's sort of there's these things that you could look at as bad or good, but I, I see it as like my perfect upbringing that allowed me to sort of really step into who I am now. Yeah, that's so powerful and very similar to my story as well that I shared on another episode. And it makes me think about something that always fascinates me about people, which is what makes some people who come from a similar story like you're describing actually want to do something different and change who they become when they're a little older and become an adult and so forth. And what makes other people stay exactly the same and repeat that cycle for another generation. So what do you think is the difference between those people that don't want it to be the same? And those people are like, well, you know what? This is what I know. It's how it's been. And so I'm going to do the exact same thing myself as well. What's the difference in your opinion? No, that's a good question. I, yeah, I feel like it's, you know, I like, I know for me it was, it was just curiosity. I'm like, okay, well, what, what would that be like? And, and I guess always not wanting to, uh, for me, like not wanting to pass the same shit on to my kids, you know? So, mm -hmm. and that was like a real catalyst in my life because even though I didn't want to be broke, I was still broke really until I had my first, or well, my wife was pregnant with my, our first child, our son. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't, I don't want to bring my son up in that same environment, you know, like, and here I am, mm -hmm. you know, I can't really, I'm behind on rent, I'm all this debt, I'm, and I've got debt collectors chasing me. I'm, I can't afford to put food on the table. I'm almost scrambling around for rent. And here I'm about to have a child. I'm about to, you know, replicate and create the same, you know, scenario and dynamic, which just lit a fire up on my, under my ass and it got me into gear. So I think just like not, not wanting to pass that on to the next generation. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that always makes me wonder. It's like, under the same circumstances, people have opposite reactions, right? Like some, in some cases you have the example of a, a father who might be like an alcoholic and then there's like two children and one children's like, well, I'm going to be an alcoholic as well. And the other person's like, I'm never going to touch it because I know what can happen if I touch it. And so they have these very opposite uh, ways of internalizing that message, right? So talk to us a little bit more about you basically were wanting to create this better life, we're trying different things, wasn't really working for you. Like it was like all these attempts, uh, which I think is an important lesson for anybody trying to be successful is like the repeated enthusiasm, even though you're not succeeding, it's like, we'll try again. It's like, okay, well, it wasn't that, let's try again. But then there was this catalyst for you, which was your, your wife, Christy, kind of giving you an ultimatum when she was pregnant. And then you said it lit a fire under your ass. So why do you think that was different than any other time prior that you were attempting to get your shit together. <laughs> well, because she said to me, she said, uh, you know, she was three months pregnant with Venice, my son, and you know, we were super broke, and she was, it was, it was creating a lot of anxiety for both of us. And she's like, "Babe, I think you're gonna have to go get a job." <laughs> I was like, "No freaking way! No way! I'm going back to get a job." And because I hadn't, I hadn't worked for a while, but I was, you know, I was being a quote unquote entrepreneur. Um, and I was, I, I, I guess I had time freedom, but, um, I didn't have the money to match that time freedom, but I was working for myself in a sense. So, you know, I had, I, I left the, 
constraints and confines of a nine to five job and I enjoyed that. Um but yeah, I guess it's just yeah. What, what was the original question? <laughs> Sorry, <bro. laughs> I, I said, what do you think was different about when your wife gave you the ultimatum versus the attempts that you were putting in prior to that? Because it wasn't like you were in a bad place and lazy and not really trying at all until your wife said that. It was more so like, what had, did it have something to do with the fact that there was like a real timeline? Like your son was coming in six months. It was like a hard deadline. Did that have something to do with it? Well, I think it's the hard deadline, but it's it's also like, it's, you know, if things happen in life and it's like, oh, you could say it's because of this, but really there was like all this quantum synchronicities all, you know, lining up and happening at the same time. So it's like, I'd, you know, at the same time, I'd been an entrepreneur for 10 years. And so, and mm-hmm. what I see and what I hear from a lot of other entrepreneurs is like, you got to work for 10 years, you know, before you're, you're an overnight success. So it's like, that was also my timing uh, but I think yeah having a deadline having a baby on the way and then you know having it sort of all happened and lined up with it the, it was when we came over to Vancouver to meet you so I came and we rubbed shoulders with other successful entrepreneurs we aligned with the right business model so it all sort of like lined up at the same time but it was that driver of the I guess the innate man in me going man I'm the provider oh man I'm, I'm about to have this I'm about to have a son like I, I don't want to, it was because I, I could, I could, I could be broke when it was me. That was pretty easy, you know, because it was only me I had to worry about, you know, that was, that wasn't, mm-hmm. it didn't worry me. But then when I had my wife, it got a little bit harder because it wasn't just me. It was now us together. But then when we're bringing a son, I was like, holy, holy crap, here's another child that's going to be in the mix or a child that's going to be in the mix. So yeah, I guess having that, um, that timeline and that stamp and just, that, I guess the real reason why that I, Mm-hmm. Yeah, got off Mars and made made stuff happen. It's so epic. It reminds me when you're sharing that how sometimes people say, like, I couldn't continue bullshitting myself because now like my children would see through it. So it was kind of like I can keep BSing myself in the mirror. And for whatever reason, that's acceptable for a lot of people out there. They're just like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just me. It's me, me and me, right? Like they don't have that honesty and integrity with themselves. But then when the kid is in the picture, you try to BS them, they'll call you on it. (laughs) Or you try to tell them to like be successful or chase your dreams or become the person you're meant to become. It's like, well, why aren't you doing it, dad? It's like, you're a fucking bum. (laughs) and it's like so in my mind I was thinking that too when my daughter when my wife was pregnant I had the same realizations around my health and my fitness I was like I've been kind of putting it on the back burner for so long because it was wasn't my priority my focus but I'm like then I started thinking about if I get sick or something happens to me uh, now my kid and my wife are kind of left without me so all of a sudden it became my top priority and so I have a very similar thing that would happen with uh with myself too, so I can relate to that. So let's talk about how we we first met because I think that it's an important part of the story or like going back to the beginning there where there was a level of you wanting to get into a similar line of work, similar line of business to what I was doing, but in like an opposite business model. And so talk to us a little bit about the story of where you were at in your life when we met eight years ago and uh, kind of what has transpired since because a lot of the time, the reason I bring this up is a lot of the time people that I've spoken to over the years, they're super impatient and they want to go from where they are to where they want to go in like 
you know, overnight or in a short window of time. But for you, in reality, it was 10 years prior to us meeting. And then like another three, four, five years afterwards, so it's like a 15 year journey that most people would not sign up for up front. And I want you to elaborate on the fact like that's actually not that long in the big grand scheme of things for like a full transformation. So the question is, talk to us about where you were uh, eight years ago when we met and sort of what you feel have been the key steps to transforming your life since then. Mm. Yeah, and I, it's it's funny, I'll, I'll tell the story from the end. So yeah, it was, only, it was only actually last night, I was sitting there and I was like, just thinking about, you know, what I've set up and the, the legacy I've created and the success and um, the financial freedom. And I was like, holy shit, man, I'm only 38. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, like, I'm only 30 freaking eight. You know, most people haven't had this at retirement, you know, when they're 55, 65 or whenever they're retirement. I'm only freaking 38. So, yeah, like you said, it's it was 15 years ago. I became an entrepreneur. I was a personal trainer back in uh, 2008 was my um, first gig. And um, it was, yeah, like I was inspired because I wanted to get out of the nine-to-five job. And so I did that and uh, became a personal trainer. The money was okay, like I was, I was doing it right, but I was super jam-packed days. Like I was at the studio from 5.30 in the morning and I was there some days till 9 at night and just full full days and it was it was intense. So there was, no, there was no real freedom and what I wanted was to travel and to have experiences and I'd had, a, I'd had a bit of time prior to that where I went and lived in uh, London, Ireland, Spain and Greece and had this epic experience overseas and I'm like, I just wanted to have more experiences like that. So I became a personal trainer, but it just, it didn't give that lifestyle. It gave some money, but it didn't give that lifestyle. Um, and then, yeah, I I had one of my clients actually who, she just like, all my other clients, they'd want to train, you know, before 9 a.m., you know, before they started work or after 5 p.m. after they'd finished work. So those times were jam-packed. You'd have some people in lunch times and things like that, but normally from like 9 till midday or two till uh, five you'd be pretty pretty free and that's when i train or i do some business stuff um but i had this one lady jenny and uh i asked her when she wanted to train she goes whenever went just after 10 just not before 10 not a morning person <laughs> and i was like okay uh what so lunchtime she's like no no just whenever you tell me just just make sure it's after 10 you know and i was like oh, okay well, okay what about 10 she's like it's fine it's perfect you know and she just seemed like really happy and and just like flexible with the time. So I was after a while of training where I was, so I got to know her a little bit and I was like, what do you actually do? Right. And she was in network marketing and so I was like, what's, what's that? And so she had to sort of explain to me how it worked and all this sort of stuff. And, um, so when I decided I wanted to leave personal training, I was like, far out, like network marketing, that seems like the dream, you know? And so, so, <laughs> I, so I actually reached out to her and, uh, got started in her business and, um, wasn't quite the dream I was looking for. I didn't really, uh, at that time, really make any money. I made a, a bit of like some sales, made a little bit of money, but I did learn a lot. I learned like a lot of stuff around rejection and putting myself out there. I understood like the business model, network marketing, um, and I really feel it's a great training ground to get get over your, get over yourself because the way like traditionally a lot of people are teaching it is like don't talk to anybody anywhere, which is very confronting. So. I learned a lot of skill sets and I learned how to communicate to people and I learned a lot of, to talk to people. Um, but after a while, I was like, you know what, this this isn't for me. These products aren't aligning. So 
um, I actually got back into personal training and that was around the time that I, um, that I met you, but I was, yeah, I, I, I did got in back into personal training, but I, uh, it was sort of like what I knew was my comfort zone. So I got back into that, just gave me a little bit of money and, uh, but my heart wasn't in it. And so when my heart wasn't in it, my clients just either got sick or they, you know, they moved overseas or whatever. And next thing I had no clients and, um, so I didn't really have any money. So I moved back in my mum. So I was like really broke, living at home with mum, was working sort of some jobs here and there, getting a little bit of money in. Um, and, uh, but I had a mission and I knew that one day I'd be super a, a successful entrepreneur. Like I just, I still knew, but I was just at the time, my reality didn't reflect that. Yeah, I guess we are uh, long story short, short uh, by a bunch of crazy synchronistic events, uh, met someone and um, introduced me to Balazs. And yeah, and uh, it was crazy because here I was at home. Joke, Balazs jokes about it because he says I was living in, living in my mom's basement. My mom doesn't actually have a basement, <laughs> but <laughs> her house is quite dark. And so if you don't open the blinds, it looks like it. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, but here Balaj was, you know, here I'm living home with my mom and Balaj was in, um, he was in Hawaii and he, I swear he did this intentionally, but he set up the, was a video call. And so we set up the call, we connected for the first time and, uh, you know, whilst I was talking to him and he was telling me about, you know, his business and how he mentors people and, and the success he's created for his clients, et cetera. And, and I was like, and, but. I was listening to all that. I was like, this sounds great. But the real thing was behind the scenes. It was like, it was like Maui or something, you know, had like beach backdrop. And then his, you know, beautiful partner walks past. And I was like, <laughs> he, he was super tanned. It was really light. I was like, damn, man, this guy is like living my freaking dream. Yeah. I remember that. And, and the other side of the story that makes this so epic was that when I started my business, uh, it was like a few years, I think roughly like two years. Yeah, two years or so prior to meeting Clint, I had this vision where I'm like, one day I'm going to be successful in my business where I can take my partner to Hawaii for a whole month. And the dream for me at the time was that I wanted to be there for Christmas because like where I live, the weather's really bad. It's raining, it's dark, it's cold. And so I'm like, what a trip it would be to go away for a month in the middle of the holidays where it's usually stressful and hectic and be in like this tropical place with like beautiful palm trees and the nice beach. And so literally what, what is so cool about this was that my realization of that goal and that dream happened on the same month-long trip that I got connected with Clint, which ended up being this like uh, vision for him of his dream life. And I was just like two years ahead of where he wanted to be. And I remember feeling that because I saw other people that were examples of them traveling and stuff like that when I started two years ago. So he was like, he was telling me all this stuff on the call. And in my mind, I'm like, this is actually the first time that I'm speaking to someone in this way and it is a realization of this vision and this goal. And so it was the perfect synchronicity of what he needed to see to confirm like his vision. But then also at the same time, I'm like, this was the dream that I worked towards. So it's like so cool. And so we got started working together. And uh, let's talk about that because I feel like one of the most important things of mentorship and coaching that I really stand for 
and uh, I believe in is the power of believing in someone else and their potential before they really believe in themselves fully. So you're speaking belief into somebody, seeing them as the person they can become, their potential with obviously a lot of work and effort and consistency and all those things that you already know is critical to success. You know the recipe and you're like, if you can cook this recipe and you keep practicing this recipe long enough, I see you as that version of yourself now, even though you're not there yet and you don't see it yet. And that's what I saw within you when we talked because you said all the right stuff and you had the right reasons why, which was really inspiring. But there was just a few pieces that we had to like work on and rearrange. And uh, so we got started and that was eight years ago. And talk to us and anybody who's listening right now to this episode around some of those fears that naturally come up when we start something new and like get outside of our comfort zone because I find that that decision to start and then the following short period afterwards is super critical because everything is hard everything is new everything is challenging it doesn't come easily especially in the beginning so what made you with all of those same challenges and adversities that everybody faces and when they start something new what made you not fully stop or not fully give up or feel like you couldn't make it happen? Like, talk to us about the mindset you had that sort of kept you in the game in the first like two, three years. Yeah. So having a, when you're, when you're starting something new or doing something, it's like, if you're not nervous about it, then it's, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's the right thing. It's like, it's gotta be something that's, that's calling you forward. That's making you go beyond that is confronting, you know? So it's like, Anything that's really worthwhile, it's going to have that element. And even when you're successful, it's like to go to another level, it's like it is, it's something new. It's confronting. It's, it's all part of the experience. So there's this element of like, oh, I'm excited here. Uh, but also like, oh, wow, this is actually really confronting or scaring the shit out of me or oh, I'm nervous. So I think it's just like, you know, um, showing up within that. Um, but I really feel that because there was many times where I wanted to quit or actually did quit. And, mm -hmm. and like you said, like a, a big thing, um, for, that I, that I experienced through you was, you know, just like a, a casual reach out. Hey bro, how you doing? And every time you'd reach out, I'd be like, fuck my business, my business. <laughs> I should be doing that. Damn it. <laughs> you know, just a casual, casual, yep. you know, catch up. So you, you'd always speak belief into me. And so I, I really feel like, you know, having, having a mentor really helps. And I, I now do that with people that I mentor is like because you, you can see stuff in, within someone you can see their potential that they probably can't see yet so you can speak that into them because it, it, it is it's there's like dormant potential but we we put we put ourselves down and we talk ourselves out of it and we minimize ourselves and we think we're not worthy we think we're not capable which isn't which isn't really the truth well it, it is a truth in, in one aspect but i feel there is all those also this other side where it's like we are all powerful we are almighty we are capable we are strong we are you know, powerful beings and we can create. So it's like, you know, clearing the the mess of the two. And I think, you know, now that I'm further on in the journey, I know that there's this little voice in my head that tries to talk me out of stuff and tells me that I'm not worthy and I can't do it. But now I'm just like, hey, man, hey, 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 what's going on? I'll have a little chat to him, but I don't <laughs> listen to him, you know. But back then I would listen to him. And so, um, you know, there's times where I where I would give up and, you know, I would let that that voice override. And I think... You know, having, you know, people that would 
say things that would knock you off the path that were really hurtful. It does happen. There's, there's haters and there's people that trying to talk you out of your your goals and dreams. Um, but I think having support and mentorship and people that can like then breathe that belief back into you and say, nah, bro, like this is the way. And I, you know, there's no one, there's no one on earth that could tell me now that, you know, what I'm doing is, is crazy or it's not going to work because I've proved that it does work. And I've proved through, you know, hundreds of people that it, that it can happen, thousands of people. So it's like, um, it's just like a, a matter of time and a matter of consistency and a matter of showing up and knowing that that it's like it is going to take time. It's not going to happen quickly. Be sure there'll be quick little wins and successes along the way, but building something that's worthwhile is something that that happens over time because it's it's who you become and who you uh, evolve into that then needs to who you need to become to actually hold that new expanded vision and that level of leadership that you need to create to get the life that you want. Yeah, man, definitely. And it makes me think about something once again, that is very fascinating from my perspective with people in general, which is they have this really hard time wrapping their minds around attempting something new or learning a new skill or starting a new business or, you know, changing paths or directions in their life without looking at the evidence and the proof that they've done that so many times already in their current life. And when you look back, like we're both dads and you have three more than me, which is, whew, two, I got one. Two, in this two more you, bro. Don't say three more. Two, <laughs> well, two more. more. Sorry, I meant, I meant to say three total. Uh, two more. But uh, I'm watching my daughter learning right now and I'm watching her uh, develop and practice as things over and over and over and over again. And sometimes it gets frustrating and a little annoying because you're like, you're past that particular thing that she's practicing. So to me, it comes easily into her. She's like, well, no, I'm literally learning this in real time in front of you. And so it reminds me of like how many times she needs to do one simple thing. To me, it's simple because I've just done it for many years but she's doing it over and over and over again. And I can see the growth in real time from like, can't figure it out to figuring it out to getting better and to doing it really well in like a couple hours right in front of my face. And we've learned how to walk. We've learned how to speak a language. We've learned how to drive. We've learned how to ride a bike. All these things that at first you fell, at first you made a mistake. And so why is it now that uh, someone who would be considered a young adult or maybe potentially older than that has such a fear around attempting or trying something new. What do you think changes someone to go from this open-minded, growth-minded, doesn't care if it's messy, doesn't care if they fail or make a mistake or fall into this person who's like supposed to have it all figured out and then they don't? Where do you think that changes at what point and why? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like at some point we start caring what other people think. Because I, I, I say to my kids as well, it's like, they don't care. They don't care what everyone thinks at all. You know, like they scream out in public and, it's, you know, they're not worried about what other people think. Yeah, somewhere along the lines and you know, maybe it's maybe it happens through school. There's this like element of like things needing to be right and there's there's right and wrong. So when I, I, I do this martial art um, called Arakan, I've been doing it for a few several years. And one thing I love about the art is that there's no real wrong. So you, they might give you a drill. There's a combination of strikes that you need to do in this drill. But if you mess it up, it's not actually messing it up. They're like, well, that was awesome, you know, because you've 
was on the street if you get attacked it was like it's just as long as you're moving you're hitting it doesn't matter what order and whatever you're doing there's no real wrong and so but i think like through our education and schooling and things like that there's this pressure on like being right which what is that you know who defines what what right is and so i think then when we go into like our, our teenagers and, and adulthood it's like we're afraid of being wrong and so we don't do the things that we really want to do because we're worried about what other people think and i know i still carry that with me today like it's it's there i do feel what other people think of me i still show up and do what i want to do regardless because i feel like i've worked through that and i realize that people actually respect people that are being different and doing stuff it's this it's this mindset where we think that people are uh, judging us for what we're doing but in truth it's like people respect people that are actually doing things that are different it's this crazy paradox um, that we live that we live in but i think people get yeah. they get stuck in that crippled fear element and so they don't do what they want to do worried about what other people are thinking their perception of them um which keeps them stuck from trying new things because the reality is that whatever you're doing that's new you're you are a rookie when you start out and so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fuck it up you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna yeah it's but it's mm. that's part of the learning journey it's like you know if my if my my daughter now is at an age where she's she's my third um child she's at the age of like starting to walk and if she just like fell down and stacked it the first time and never got back up she'd never fucking learn how to walk you know but she, <laughs> you know but she doesn't she <laughs> That's just exactly it yeah <laughs> like i tried once when i was uh 12 months old yeah. and i'm still laying down and i'm 35. <laughs> exactly <laughs> would so be fucking she weird she doesn't care that she fell over she might hurt herself and cry but she just she doesn't care what we think of her. She just gets up and she does it again and again and again and again until she walks. So it's the same thing with anything new that we learn. Yeah. That's so true. And, you know, one of the things that I've developed over the years is I think that humans naturally want to fit in to a tribe. They want to be accepted. They want to have some validation that they belong. And I think that's an important part of humans. Uh, and so there's, I think that sometimes you hear people say like, you know, fuck what other people think about you and their opinions and stuff like that. And I think that that's never going to go away. So it's almost kind of like you can keep preaching it and you can keep saying it, but even the people saying it deep down, they still care also. So it's kind of like this, this truth or this advice that isn't legit because there's, there's some, uh, some aspects of it that isn't like an absolute statement, right? But what I've done that has been helpful over the years is rather than trying to seek validation outside of myself or to get approval or to uh, care about what other people think, which I still consider, I, it still crosses my mind, I, I have now shifted into like, have I done my best? Have I done my best with what I know is my best right now? Not my best in a year or 10 years, which I don't know yet. But in this moment, did I give it my best effort or did I just kind of have low standards and, and be lazy and ah, it's good enough? And like and I know that to be my truth inside is like, man, I could have done better. I could have tried harder. I could have, you know, practiced more. I could have put in more effort. And so I now base things off of that instead, how I feel about me, how I feel about my own effort in that new thing. And I think like when we start something new or we practice something new, you know, in our line of work, it's like content creation is a big part of it or videos or, 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 or typing something like sharing our story or these kinds of things. Uh, are important. It's like, well, how many times did you, how much effort did you put into that? Like, did you just literally film it once and like not even really care if it was good? Or were you like 
mastering your craft and practicing when nobody's watching you. So I think that's really important for everybody who's listening right now is as long as you're doing your best with what you know, what you have access to, the resources you have access to, the time you have access to, the knowledge you have access to, uh, that's good enough for now. And then when you know better and you practice more, do better and continue that nonstop growth and evolution over time. You'll be amazed at how far you can go. And someone like Clint's story, eight years, you look back at who Clint was eight years ago in pretty much every aspect of his life and then who he is now, it's completely different people because it was just chipping away, chipping away, improving, getting better, trying harder and so on. So that's the one thing I wanted to mention. And the other thing about people's opinions, which is like a reoccurring theme, you hear about people saying it all the time, uh, influencers, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, uh, people are always talking about, you know, don't care about what other people think. But what about if we fast forward to the end of our life? And hypothetically speaking, we're in a fortunate situation where we're, we're old and we're, we're with our loved ones and we're laying on our deathbed there and we kind of see it coming in the you know coming days and it's kind of like that environment, not like a sudden accident or something out of our control, but it's, it's a little bit more like, okay, this is, this is going to happen. And if you put yourself in that specific person's uh, mindset, how much weight or value do you think someone would place on other people's opinions on their life, what they did, who they spent time with, what they uh, pursued in terms of passions or goals or dreams? Like how much weight does that truly carry at the end of someone's life? Like percentage wise, how much it mattered or how much value they gave it? In your opinion, uh, what would that be for you? at the end of your life, how much would you think back and go, because of other people's opinions, I did do this or I didn't do this and it was valid or something else. How much weight do you think that other people's opinions truly holds when you're at the end of the line in someone's life? Yeah, I think, I think it would weigh zero. And I, and I think, I think I shared this with you, uh, not that, not that long ago when you were last in Australia, it was like, you know, how often, you know, do we as humans sit around thinking and about what other people are doing. You know, how mm. often you're sitting there going, oh, I can't believe that, you know, George, he started that business. And did you see that? Did you see that post that he put up this morning? Like, how often do you do that? Maybe a little bit, but your life is so, so full with your own stuff and what you're building and, you know, your own relationships and your children and your, your family and your business and all that sort of stuff. Like, you don't really have capacity to worry what other people are doing. And if you do, you're not doing enough. And there's the people that they're not warrant of your consideration or your concerns anyway. So it's like, if you think of that, you're like, actually, yeah, I don't really, I don't really give a fuck what anyone else is doing. So why would anyone give a fuck what I'm doing? You know? So I think mm -hmm. it sort of, it sort of debunks that and just makes it sort of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. So what are some tools or some tips on someone who is listening right now and they really want to pivot, make a change, start that business, go after a passion project or anything else along those lines where they're like, just want to switch things up, like almost like a, a, a redo. What are some tips for someone to just kind of get the ball rolling in the right direction? Like the first few things they should start with. Uh, well, I think it's just a, yeah, it's just, just knowing that there's going to be discomfort 
and that realizing that that's there and there's going to be this voice inside that's going to um, try and talk you out of it, tell you that it's lame, tell you not good enough, that it's going to be that little negative Nancy that we all have within. But just realize that's a normal part of the process. I think just that in itself, it's like, oh, okay. All right, cool. Here's this little um, voice. All right, sweet. I don't, I don't have to listen to it. It's not actually it's not actually true. Okay, it's there. You know, be present with it. But it's like I don't have to buy into it, you know? Um, so I think that is a is a good point. Um, also, understanding that there's going to be discomfort. And anything new is that you're outside your comfort zone is they're gonna there's gonna be this period where it's you're gonna be freaking challenged. It's like it's like look at it as like initiation. You know, it's something that you're being initiated into the successful entrepreneur or the sex successful uh, musician or the successful father. It's like fatherhood's a great example that I find is like having kids, like it tests and push all of your buttons. But I know I can see it through now having three children that I feel like I'm a better parent for my third than I was in my first because I've learned more. Mm-hmm. I've understand what works, what doesn't work. I've got out, out of my own way and learned, um, you know, different things that do and don't work um, with my children. And so, um, yeah, just understanding that it's, it's not going to be perfect. You, you are going to be uncomfortable. You are going to be challenged. You're going to have to work through a lot of your own stuff. And I think just having that at the... At, at, not at the forefront of the mind. It's like you don't want to focus on it. It's like you don't want to bring that into your like main awareness. But just knowing that that's going to come up, that's gonna that's gonna be there. There's gonna be these voices. There's gonna be, and sometimes those voices will show up in maybe negativity from your partner or negativity from your peers. It's not just your personal inside thoughts. There's this stuff that comes up from maybe loved ones or family and things like that. And understanding that, oh, cool. That's also part of the process. You know, I know when I first started out, someone would say something and it would trigger the hell out of me. It's like, oh, this is a scam. Well, maybe it is a scam and I'd really take it personally. But now if someone said that, people don't even say it to me anymore because I'm so certain and so knowing of what I've created and everything I've done that it works, that it's that it's possible that I've done it and I've seen hundreds and thousands of other people do it. It's like, well, you know, no one could talk me out of it or, or tell me tell me any different. So it doesn't affect me like it used to. Um, but understand when it's happened, it's a journey of going through that process of people saying it and people doing it and working through it. Um, and it's just a matter of time before you can look back and you go, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, no one says that anymore. Or, I don't get that anymore. Or I don't feel that anymore. I'm not offended when people say that anymore. But it is a process to get from here to there. Yeah. Is there something that you can recommend someone say back to a loved one who is discouraging, negative, uh, trying to kill the dream or any of the hater type of situations. Like how do you actually handle it when maybe your confidence isn't there yet? You're still a little bit more concerned with what they believe than maybe they should be. But it's like, how do you handle that? Uh, is there uh, any type of advice that you could share that has worked for you or anybody else on what to say back to just kind of get past it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, good one, bro. <laughs> so simple right because yeah. that's like a, that's like a confident person's yeah. answer but maybe a less confident person wouldn't say yeah. that um i don't know i feel like just just saying it and like saying whatever comes up in the moment is fine like just um yeah trust trust your intuition and maybe like you don't need to say anything you know maybe that's 
Use it as but fuel. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is he's used it as fuel. Like anytime someone said that to me, and it's happened, it's happened many times over the years. I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, whatever, bro. You know, but on on the on the inside, I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking show you, mate. You know, and I used it as like fuel yeah. on the fire to like give you that extra bit of drive to just prove them wrong. And you know, you could look at that as that's a bad thing or whatever. It's like, oh, so it's just whatever can add fuel to do your fire. And if that's one thing that's going to add fuel, use it, you know, use that to regenerate, yeah. stop that in. And if it's anger and frustration, use that, channel that into your purpose and what you're building. Yeah. It's such a good point of the whole, like watch me and using it as fuel. I think a lot of people try to say that's not a good source of motivation or, or energy, but I think for a season of your journey, it is critical because at that particular moment, you're choosing in your own journey and your own story, whether they're going to be right or wrong about you. And if you give into that and you listen to them and it, and you actually let it stop you, then they were right. And I always think it's very, uh, fascinating to look at an inspiring story or maybe a movie or a book that we've read about someone overcoming adversity and overcoming obstacles. What if that movie that we watched that's like two hours long, what if it ended in the first 45 minutes? Would that be an inspiring movie or would it be an example of what not to do? Because the person's going through all the difficulties, the challenges, the setbacks, and then the movie ends and you're like, well, fuck, there's a great example of how not to handle it because the guy just gave up and he started doing other things. But when you continue watching the story long enough, eventually, in most movies, the person ends up victorious. They end up winning at the end. So I find that for me, in those moments of wanting to give up, wanting to quit, I was looking at myself as like the author of my own story and that if the book ended here, it would be an example that someone would share in the future. Read this book and don't do what this guy did. Instead of read this book and follow what he did because he ended up you know, making an epic life or he ended up achieving his goals or whatever the case is. So if you're in the middle of that right now with how crazy it's been the last few years, there's been a lot of extra stuff on everybody's plates with the economy and the the whatever, you know what I'm talking about. It's been kind of a hectic last two, three years. If you're in the middle of that right now and you're just like, don't see hope or a reason to continue, use it as fuel because it just happens to be a chapter in the middle of the story that if you persist through it, eventually it'll be super inspiring for other people. So let's shift gears a little bit here and talk to me about freedom. And, you know, the podcast is called Master Keys to Freedom and we're both massively huge believers and we value freedom so much talk to me about life before having time and financial freedom and what life is like now after having attained that if you were to compare it to someone who doesn't have it yet oh it's it's chalk and cheese mate um because i guess like without freedom it's like you're constantly worried about money and you, you never have any time and yeah, that's that's frustrating, and it feels like we can never go ahead. Like the pressures of life are already big enough. Just being a human, now it's 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 not that easy. It's it's confronting. There's a lot of there's a lot of weight, family, and everything like that. And so to then have to not have your time freedom where you can control your um, your calendar and and your your schedule, it's like 
you're being told and dictated what to do. Like it's it's frustrating, and and I, I can it's it's hard for me to like step back into the time when I didn't have it. Um, but I can just imagine now if I like I say to my uh, wife, you know, the other day, like she's she's gone overseas for ten days, so I'm solo uh, parent um, for ten days. But when I say solo. <clears throat> Um, my, you know, her dad's coming down to stay for five days. Then we've got a friend, another friend of ours to come and stay at the other five days. Uh, we've got two people that help around the house. And then we've got two nannies um, to help with the kids. And um, we're talking last night. We normally have one nanny, but we've got one's gone away. So we find another one. I'm like, I think we're going to have to keep both of them. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, because I just, I just want to take more off my plate, you know, so there's less around the house that I need to do so I can spend more time with my family or in my business because that's where that's where I thrive that's what I enjoy and um why not spend more time doing that and I'm like how the fuck do other people live that are like got the same stuff they got a bunch of kids you know they got their their relationship they've got you know family holidays and things like that but they also have a nine to five job that they're going to where they're not earning that much money they're only earning just enough to get by so it's like they're doing everything and i'm like holy crap that's that's insane like i just really couldn't imagine um what that would be like and so yeah i feel that by you know having the money there and the resources to then help and support with doing things that take things off your 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 plate it just lightens your load so you feel lighter within your being you feel freer um and you you know because of that you have more choices than flexibility within your time and you know you notice that when i go to the bathhouse and it's monday i'm sitting in the ice bath and i'm sitting there and i'm like there's a few other people around i'm like i'm curious what are people are doing why is people there's so many people here on a monday so i'll ask around they're like oh i'm a shift worker i've got today off or i oh, yeah, i've took a sickie today you know or I've, i'm on holidays or stuff like that i'm like they're like what about you i'm like oh, i just work for myself man you know i'm I live, I'm free. I'm free. I'm a free, <laughs> I'm a free man. man. So I can come do this on a Monday, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And that's such a powerful perspective. And I think that for those that are listening right now, I want you to really understand that this isn't like we're saying we got it so great and you got it so hard. If that's your reality where you don't have help, you don't have support, you don't have enough income, you don't have any resources and so forth. What we are saying, though, is at one point, Clint and I both didn't have that. And when we look at society as a whole, one of the things I've gotten extra sensitive to uh, is being in public or being around certain people that have more traditional schedules and nine to fives and, and regular jobs and things like this, is that somehow the topic of money and the topic around being busy uh, and, and the kind of the hardships and the challenges and obstacles of, of day-to-day life always comes up in conversation. It's like we could be talking about something completely irrelevant, has nothing to do with money, at least not from my point of view, and then somehow it becomes about money. It becomes about like this was on sale, got a great deal, uh, you know, that's super expensive, why would you do that? Like these like key trigger words like money, expensive, savings, uh, deals, and, and I'm kind of sitting here going, I'm like, somehow everything is always related back to money in these conversations. And it's really, really strange because I'm not thinking about that at all. And it makes me 
realize that that's constantly on your mind if you feel the lack and scarcity of not enough because you are trying to get a deal. You are trying to save here and there. You are scheming and strategizing all these things. And it makes sense so because I remember a time my parents did that. I did that at a certain stage in my life. So I get it. But then here's the question for you. Once again, if we know that the top two excuses that people have are always, I don't have enough time and I don't have enough money. And sometimes they say it in some fancy way, but ultimately if you bring it back down to the core, it's always those two are the main ones. At least that's the excuse that they believe to be the truth. Then why is it that with the power of the internet, access to knowledge and information so easily on our smartphones, YouTube, Google, now there's even like AI powered tools that are even more advanced, libraries, books, all this, all these resources that someone wouldn't think, hey, I should probably prioritize this uh, to read the books, to learn the thing, to break free, quite literally, of this situation so that in the future it doesn't have to like rule my life as my dominant thoughts. Uh, you know what I'm saying? What is the reason in your opinion? Cause we talked about people worried about what other people think, but, but in this particular example, it's like, well, no one even has to know, like you could be reading a book by yourself in the evening, no one's around and you don't have to tell anybody you're trying to learn how to make money or any of that stuff. So why not focus on that? Why focus on other things? Yeah, I guess, I'd say people just don't really realize that it's possible for them. And and I think mm. they're, they're so stuck in their way or I guess what I realized myself is like when I first discovered personal development, I was my personal training course, thank God they had this element of like um, wealth creation in there. And they talked about like reading Think and Grow Rich and how to win friends and influence people. And they said, listen, like if you want to create something, all you need to do is learn you know, the skill set and put your mind to it and set goals around it and you can create it. And I'm like, I guess I'm gullible. You know? It's <laughs> a good one. And I believed it. it. I yeah. was like, holy shit. Like, are you serious? I can do that? <laughs> and so I was like, all right, well, really? I just read this book and then I can have everything that I want? What the fuck? Okay, all right, let's do it. And so I did that and literally my life started transforming. But I think oftentimes people are like they're too stuck in their their belief systems or no, that won't work or no, that's that's stupid or that can't be or whatever. And so then they don't actually allow themselves to open up to something different. And so I think by allowing yourself up to the potential that maybe this is true and you could do something different. And, you know, I think when it comes to money and freedom is like realizing that it is it is a choice and it is something that you can break free of. And but it does take intense focus and intense discipline and intense showing up and doing the things that are really uncomfortable. It's not easy making well. If it was, everyone would be doing it, right? But it takes a certain um, type of energy and focus and relentless passion and showing up when you know you're that that voice inside your head is telling you not to do it when you're tired, when you want to sleep, when your kids are screaming, like for whatever reason. But it's like showing up regardless of that. So. It takes a certain type of trait, but I really feel that trait can be activated. Because like you said, I, you know, when we first met, I was lazy. You know, I, I didn't want to be working and I didn't really want to do it. I didn't really realize what I have to do. And it wasn't until I realized that I'm like, I'm really not doing what I need to do. I'm talking a big game. I could talk it, but I wasn't playing it. 
And so when I was like, I really need to play it, I really need to exert energy here for it to happen. Before that, I was in a little bit of La La Land. I thought it would just happen without me actually showing up and doing the work. It's when I realized I was in La La Land and I needed to do something different and actually do the work that I needed to do to make it happen, then that's when things change. So it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you touched on it. It's two things that you really highlighted so far that that stick out to me is you said you were curious, you know, at the very beginning of the, the interview, but you mentioned that uh, you were curious, which I actually talked about on my first episode of my podcast, where when I was young, I got so curious, like, so what are different about these people? You know, what's different about this person who can go on an endless holiday, not have to come back, not have to ask permission, have all these things that they really want, uh, you know, almost like living life by a different set of rules. It's like when you play like a, a card game or board game or video game or all these games in general, there's rules. It's like, this is what you do to win the game. This is what you do. And if you this happens, you die and you have to start over again or whatever, right? There's rules and people play by the rules. But in life, there is a set of rules that people I feel like have just accepted to be the way they are. And there's actually multiple sets of rules that are uh, up to us to discover and to go seek and search for and get curious about. So that's the first thing, which we have the same trait, uh, curiosity. You have it, I have it. And it, what started this whole thing many, many years back was that, that curiosity of, huh, what about you is different than me? What about you is different than my mom and dad? What about whatever? So it kind of, that open-mindedness and that ability to get out of your own way, be humble and accept that you don't know certain things and be willing to learn and find people with results, I think is just such a core, simple skill that is often overlooked and people don't even realize that they're not demonstrating that. And then the second thing that you said just now uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I just forgot, but, um, what was it? The, the, the point that you said about, there's another simple word that you used this last answer that you just gave. Damn it. That's me being a rookie <laughs> as a podcast host. <laughs> so here I am making a fool out of myself on my new podcast. Uh, and it's okay. It's okay. I'll figure it out. But I literally forgot the word you said. Uh, I can't remember. It wasn't me speaking. It was just flowing through me. Yes, yes. Uh, gullible. Right. That's the one. Once again, gullible is, is by society standards, usually like a negative description of somebody. Like, oh, he's gullible. He just believes whatever he gets told by this and that. But in this particular example, it's actually the opposite of the masses because you're like, what if it's that simple? What if it is that easy? And I think that we have been programmed and conditioned to believe that hard work is the key to success and hard is ingrained in us. Everything must be hard. Everything must take forever. Everything is this like grueling, painful process. But at the same time, it's like the brightest minds to ever have lived have often written books where they distill down the best of the best stuff that they feel has helped them achieve whatever they have achieved. And they put it in books and they sell it for pennies. It's like the average book you can buy is like 20 bucks or 30 bucks. That is accessible to anybody's income. 
You know, it's like instead of buying a case of beer, you buy a book. Or instead of going to a fast food place for dinner, you buy a book. Like, it's not like books were like 10 grand for one book. Because some of them actually should be 10 grand. If we actually look back at what we learned from these books and how much money we've made from these books, is like, that should legit be 10 grand on like Amazon or something. But it's 30 bucks. And because it's 30 bucks, it almost gets made fun of as like this stupid thing. You need self-help. What's wrong with you? you like are you depressed do you need medication it's all this negativity and it's like no I'm actually trying to learn about myself because when I was born I didn't get like an instruction manual like I don't know how to use this thing called my body and my mind and so it's like I'm trying to learn from people who figured it out who came before me and when you're listening to this right now it's so simple that we often have wealthy people, rich people, millionaires put on a pedestal, like they must have this incredible different genius IQ or they're like an Einstein or this wizard or this whatever. And the the simple truth is that the simplicity in that person's life is what has usually created the most results uh, when applied consistently, which is the kind of like caveat is the practice, the repetition, the consistency, being able to do it for years uh, without losing enthusiasm. That's the thing is like in a regular person's world, you're supposed to work for 40 hours and you get a paycheck. So there's this always immediate feedback of I put in the work, I get paid. I put in the work, I get paid. But in entrepreneurship or creating the life of your dreams, all of that work is front loaded and you don't get to see often the real true benefits or or income or freedom for years. And it's like if people could just accept that, uh, so many more people would go on this whole journey of like, I can do it. I am worthy. It is possible for me as well. And I think that's really important to leave with all of you on this on this call. So one last final question that I want you to touch on is talk to us about the moment this is like one of my favorite parts of your story is uh, we had this event in Australia a few years back, right before the, the C word started. And, uh, and there was this party and it was like this, this party of like, be your authentic self. And everybody got to dress up however they wanted. And, and there was no judgment, you know, it was just like a all good. And you walked down and you were dressed like Tupac. <laughs> and you were like had the headband the tattoos the chain the full look right and you have a shaved head and it was like you know you're a white tupac it was awesome and uh and that night you performed at this like event and you just kind of got out there and you wrapped some tupac and, and and walk us through what happened that night because i witnessed it literally on stage with you of you were trying to like tell the people in the audience to be their true selves and if they could be anybody and if they could do anything what would they do and you were saying it at them but also in that exact same moment you paused and you answered it for you authentically in the moment and I was right there and I witnessed this is so amazing walk us through that and share because I think that so many people listening right now have had a similar thing to you and they've always wanted to do it but time and money are the reasons they haven't uh, that's like the ultimate thing holding them back, I think. So what happened, brother? And, and what's happened since? I think it's so powerful. You know, I sort of gained financial freedom. I was like, well, you know, what else do I want to do? And so it was sort of just the question that was there. Anyway, so we had this event and what Balaj was talking about is uh, we, we, the idea was like, come as your fully expressed self. And so I came as Tupac, love Tupac, big Tupac fan. 
and uh, a rapper in a rapper at heart and um you know we we it was sort of the end of the night and i was there dressed as tupac and i just went to the um i just went sort of say a few words to the crowd just you know thanks for being here you know freedom we we're talking about like making money online etc and uh and then someone goes rap tupac and then i had this <laughs> moment where i was like oh no shit i need to rap <laughs> I was like, fuck, you know, okay, all right, all right. And then I was like, all right, play some Tupac. And then happened to play like it's just a Tupac song that I actually know. So I'm up there and I start rapping it. And one of the other guys comes up, one of the other guys on the team, he's we're rapping it together. And it was like an epic moment. Um, <clears throat> and then I don't know, I think it was actually the next year, or the next Freedom Fest we did later on in the year. I was doing a talk on following the whispers of your soul. <clears throat> And so I came out and I played Dave Getter at the start. There was 500 people at this event. Uh, people came out and everyone was dancing. I was after the break. I got everyone up dancing. Just a little more love. Just a little more peace. And everyone was singing it. I was singing on the mic. And everyone, anyway, the song finished. Everyone sat down. And um, and I said, I said, you know what? I said, you know what, guys? That was a really powerful moment for me. I said, because, you know, if I could be anything, I'd be a DJ or a rapper. And then I just said that and got and got into my talk and I'm started talking and I'm talking about following Mr. Blue Soul and it just like kept playing in my mind. It's like, if I could be anything, I'd be a DJ or rapper. If I could be anything, I was like, I can be fucking anything. And so after that, I was like, holy shit. Then it just like the voice just got louder. I was like, oh my God, I was like, I could, I could be a rapper. I could be a rapper. And it just sort of kept, the voice just kept getting louder and louder and louder. So I was like, well, what if I just gave it a try? And then when I, I guess when you put something out to the universe, the universe responds. And so I sort of put it out there. And next minute I've got like a vocal coach. I'm working with someone in our team that helps people unlock the voice. Um, I went to this event and um, I was like a, I was in this leadership event and um, there was someone there that is a friend of ours, Alex Tripod. And she got up and did a rap and she just started rapping herself. And then I got up and I was like inspired to do this like written word piece that I've written. So I said to the um, speaker at the end, I was like, can I do a piece tomorrow? And she's like, yeah, do it. And then, so I just did this spoken word piece called Rebel. And then after that, Alex came up to me and she's like, dude, that was like an epic written word piece. I was like, dude, that was an epic rap. But we didn't really know each other. And she's like, hey, dude, next year I'm doing this event. It's called Love Wins. It's going to be a thousand people. And it's for like upcoming artists like you um, and me. And we can rap on the stage. And I was, she goes, do you want a spot? And I was like, hell yeah, that'd be epic fuck yeah let's do it anyway so she walked away and then i'm like what the fuck did i just say yes to i was like i'm not a rapper <laughs> um but nothing like a you know a date and an event to get your ass into gear and so then she was working with johnny uh, sonic from the pop bellies and so she connected with him next minute i'm down in the studio in melbourne and we're freaking writing music and i wrote a track called rebel i wrote another track called freedom and I literally have created uh, rap music and it was the most incredible experience to like realize something that I was like, it just always a dream. I was like, I just love rap music. I want to be a rapper, but maybe in another life, I'm not a rapper. I'm, you know, that's not me. To then going down to Melbourne in the studio, creating a music and it actually sounding pretty good. I was like, holy shit, I'm freaking a rapper. <laughs> I love this, man. And it just goes to show you like when someone thinks about what do I want to do or who do I want to be uh, when they're younger, it's often dictated by the career path, the potential, the income. 
and and so many people choose to be a doctor and a lawyer and those kinds of traditional things or pursue like professional sports or become a actor to, you know, hopefully become famous and make big money and have those things, you know. And in some cases, like, yeah, it's like their true passion and things like this, of course. But a lot of the times those decisions are dictated by that. It's like if I go to college or university for this degree, then I can get into this thing. And then this is like my career path I can eventually make this type of income and stuff and is dictated. But I think for yourself, when you truly follow your passion that you've always wanted to pursue and the time and the money piece is already solved, you don't have to make money from music. And if you do, it's like a bonus, but it's not like the driving force behind the the record or the the performance or the putting on an event. All of that stuff is a bonus, which completely changes the energy of it like a lot. So I think that's so beautiful, man. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And it's it's uh it's amazing seeing you become more of who you are because it's like these these um, layers are like peeling back and it's just like you're further and further as, as time goes on, you're more you than I already know you're you, but I feel like I'm getting to know you more and more and more because you're expressing that side of yourself. Uh, so amazing job, brother. And and uh, we'll make sure we link your music in the, the show description below so people can check it out listening and uh, start jamming out to Kleenex Morgan's Beats, which is so epic. But the last thing, I, I lied, there's one actually real last question here. I want to finish on a sentimental, really deep, impactful part of this conversation. And it's related back to freedom again, because as you can tell, the freedom piece is a foundational piece that can go in so many different uh, ways in life. Um, life itself has a lot of twists and turns and curveballs and unexpected things that come up. And your brother, I want to talk to you about Arlen. Um, your brother got um, diagnosed with cancer a couple of years back. And I think that because you've been in this freedom-based life for years prior to that as well, um, there's such a different experience with how you're able to be there and support your family and, and the rest of your family coming together. So I want you to share about what that meant to you in, in a, in a sentimental way to be able to be there for your family, to be able to be there for your brother, uh, without having a job, without having to be anywhere else or ask for permission or like, you know, put your own family in a weird spot financially. Like, you know, sometimes that happens. And when people have, uh, tragedy strike or uh, an illness or something like this with medical expenses and bills. So talk a little bit about this, which is like the darker side of life. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely like harder to talk about often. And when we get into a business that is freedom focused or uh, financial freedom or time freedom, this isn't something usually that is like marketed or advertised or we don't mention it up front like, hey, when someone in your family goes through this, you'll be in this place. But I think like this is like the real shit. This is like what truly matters, like more than everything else. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that because I want people to really understand what's at stake for you to pursue the freedom that you um, want, but there's actually more to it and deeper layers to it than what you may perceive in this moment so talk about it yeah i guess when you know when you start starting a business you really just want to just make money you know and that's sort of the driving force and i don't think you really uh you can't foresee what's going to happen 
And so, you know, when I got that call from my brother a couple of years ago, hey, bro, I've been diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, it, it rocked. It rocked my world and um, it really flattened me. Um, and fortunately, I was in a space in my business where I'd, I'd, I'd built it to a point where it was paying me regardless of me showing up. And so I had the, the freedom and the flexibility to just and also financially to support my brother and say, bro, I just remember when I, when I found out he was having to leave his job and he was worried about finances. I just, just flicked him 10K. I said, hey, bro, I don't want this back. Just have it, please. Um, and and then just being able to, I guess, put my time and energy into that. Like, how can I support my bro? And that was like a, a driving question. And so I, I wrote a song for him um, called Brother. I could tell by his voices in the blues He said, hey bro, I got some bad fucking news I don't know how to really break it to ya I've been diagnosed with fucking cancer Silence, my heart stops Might I lose my brother, the tears drop I'm a pretty optimistic dude But my thoughts are filled with the thought of losing you Shit I can't even face Living in a world without your ugly face just joking, my dear brother Even though we take the piss, we love each other Thinking of the pain of mum and dad The worst nightmare with the first son they had It's not gonna be an easy road, bro A wife and two kids that you wanna see grow The hardest thing I ever had to face Can't imagine what it'd be like in your place The will of a man to live It is strong and miracles happen all along my wish for you, my brother There's plenty more summers having laughs with each other Reminiscing back when we kids Praying for a future that is positive um, And just really was there for the family Because it was not just my brother It was like my mum, my dad You know, their, their oldest son has cancer And he's threatened with death and so just being able to be present with my family, you know, our family started meditating together. Like I introduced Joe to Spencer, I was like, to our family. And so we started meditating together. We had this weekly call on a Wednesday night and a Thursday night. We were meditating with my brother with the intention to help him heal. And um, yeah, and it wasn't until <clears throat> it was uh, probably August last year. And uh, I had a call from my other brother and my younger brother and my Elder brother had been diagnosed to hospital. His um his cancer was in his in his stomach and had perforated his bowel and his bowel was twisted and so he had to have an operation. And he's in hospital and you know as soon as I found that out, I was like, you know, my wife just said to me, "It's like, babe, just go, you know, just just get down there." So I did. I just you know left and um went down to Sydney because you know we live about a thousand kilometers north and uh, so I just got on a plane and went down there and you know Christy she called in support for the family. She was she was good at home, and uh, I was down there, and I was down there pretty much every day until he passed away two months later, and um, yeah, just just being able to be there and not have to work, and you know, doing a little bit bits and pieces here and there, but just being able to be fully present with my brother, and you know, it was one of the most confronting um, two months of my life, um, but it was also like one of the most magical and something that like, you know, my brother needed me and I needed my brother. And so to be able to be there and um, 
just know that finance is supported and even having like some of our biggest months in um in our business regardless of me me being there working in it was truly something that i i didn't realize when i started in my business and so that was like a really powerful um uh blessing and then what i've discovered on the other end of that is like grieving man it's it's like it's intense and you know you have your your days where you want to take on the world um days where you want to hide away from the world and then other days we want to punch the world in the face and so you know not having to to be rushed back to work or not having the boss saying bro when are you coming back or you know not even that just the the pressure of finances where you have to work you know you have to go to work and um to put to put money on the table or to support support the family like just me being able to grieve at my own pace and uh, you know do it in my own space and you know and then integrate because i because although it was uh, confronting um, and I was grateful I didn't have the space, what it's actually activated into me is this deeper purpose because I'm like, you know, I, I feel um, that my brother was in a place of like just struggling with life. Life was too much. And so his out was death. And so I feel like there's so many other brothers and sisters that they're in that situation where finances work, the pressure, it's just kids, it's just so much. And so I really feel like a lot of these things can can be avoided if, um, yeah, you, you have a you have an outlet and you have a way to create a financial freedom and then you gain your time back and and take that pressure off yourself. And so now I'm more driven than I ever have been before. So I, I have this inspiration, but then one day I'm super inspired, and the next day I just want to cry. And so I have the the freedom to be able to, you know work on the day I want to work and, and get some stuff done and then if I need to have a day off where I go to my land and just chill out or take some space away from the family just to be with myself then I can do that as well so I think it's uh it's not really a like you said it's not really something you go into to business with the intention of creating that space for that but it's something that now that I'm here it's like you never know when it's, it's going to happen even you know to something different like when my my wife had a baby earlier uh Ruby Rose, like I was like, I just want to have a month or two off, you know, where I don't have to do much, you know, so I can just be with in that baby bubble and be present with my wife and and my new my new daughter. So, you know, there's these moments in our life that we can't predict, um, but where you know financial freedom will, it'll be a pure blessing. Yeah, man. Wow, that's so so deep, so powerful, and yeah, we have different reasons in our lives to take space or or want space or want time or you know, and, and there's so many different things that we can talk about in terms of topics, but to support and be there present with your loved ones during a difficult time or a diagnosis or a health challenge, or in some cases, terminal illness is the ultimate, uh, expression of just carelessness around things that don't matter. So it's like, I don't freaking care about the phone bill and this and that, like none of that shit matters. It's just, it's sorted. It's taken care of. And then, I feel like that allows the real true connection of that time with your loved ones to be more genuine and real and authentic and, uh, you know, really fill up your cup and, and provide. And I think that's so powerful. And then same thing with, yeah, having new life, uh, a baby being born, you know, how many people, mothers especially, in a lot of cases have to rush back uh, to work or like in some countries, it's not a year maternity leave it's even less. And I think like in our business, one of the most common 
times that that mothers or women want to start their own business is either as maternity um, leave is finishing and they're like, oh man, I see like the writing on the wall or when they would like to start a family like in the future when you want to start a family that was my motivation as well many years ago is like at one point I could see it coming in the future where I wasn't gonna be as motivated or as inspired to work to be away from the family so I wanted to have that set up in advance and not everybody thinks this way so if you're someone who's younger right now in your 20s or 30s and you haven't started your family yet you don't have children yet uh, I highly highly recommend uh, planning for it with something like a freedom-based online business so you can get ahead of it because inevitably it will be hard. Parenting is hard regardless, but there's so many things we can do to not make it as hard, you know, to have the support, to be able to have some people taking care of the house chores or the, the nanny responsibilities and these things. But you have to like play that game a few years in advance to prepare. And that's what I did. And then when my daughter was born, it was this like ultimate win where I took 18 months off, but it wasn't really like a set time. Like I didn't say to myself, I'm taking 18 months off. I just said, when I know like it's time to get back in the mix of stuff I want to be doing, like outside of family and stuff, I'll know. And when that time comes, I'll do it. Like it's not a set time and it, I'm, it's open-ended. And so I was like, after six months, I'm like, no, it's definitely not time yet. And then it was like a year. I'm like, Nah, still, still not time. And uh, interestingly, it was like 18 months. And what happened was my daughter, my wife had a hair appointment for to get her hair did whatever with like, I think it was like a cut and color or something like that. It was like a few hour appointment. And it was during one of the mentorship calls that I was doing. And it was like a conflict in our schedule. It's all good. She's like, oh, I can cancel my appointment. And I'm like, you know what? it's fine. She can stay in my office with me while I do this call. And it was the first time in her life that I like brought her into like business stuff because she was so young. And I remember her sitting on my lap and just listening and being like the best little toddler and looking up at me with this little twinkle in her eye and like this little slight smile, listening to every one of my words. And I guess my tonality is different when I'm on a mentorship call. I kind of talk to her in this bit of a baby voice and stuff that I'm trying to actually stop doing because I'm like, man, I, I don't sound like a man. I got to stop this. But it's like this weird thing that I have a hard time with. Uh, <laughs> but I was like not talking like that on this call. And she's kind of like, who's that guy? And like, well, how is he? He sounds different. And this guy sounds passionate. He sounds like he's on purpose. You know, this guy wants to go and like change the world. Like she could feel my energy. And I looked down at her and I, I made eye contact and it felt like the fire that was like inside of myself just burst. Like it was like an inferno. And then in my, as soon as the call ended, I'm like, I'm back. And then I kind of like asked myself, I'm like, how long has it been? I'm like, holy shit, it's been 18 months. And during that 18 months, my business grew, my income grew, all these things grew. And, uh, and, and so that's another example of like, just having things open-ended. I feel like in our culture, and our society, that that idea of open-ended, like flying with a one-way ticket, you know, like you just go somewhere, there's no return ticket. So you decide when you're ready or you go and stay with your family when they need something from you. It's open-ended. I'll, I'll be here as long as you need and as long as I can. And that is basically as long as I want. 
uh, and all this, which I think is so important for everybody to understand is like the price for freedom is it will take everything you have to create it, but then it will give you everything that it took from you in abundance back. And, it, and it's like a forever giving thing that never stops. So it's worth that fight. It's worth that battle. Um, and so the last thing that I wanted to, to touch on here is, uh, where can people find you to learn more about you, uh, to listen to your music, to check you out online? What do you, what do you recommend? And we're actually going to cut, uh, the song brother in here into this actual episode, a little snippet of it, because, uh, one last thing I want to share is when I came to see you in December, I flew down to Australia and you guys put on an epic event as you always do. You asked me to come out there and hang out, and I was so honored to go. And the first night we were there, you performed the song Brother, and it was the first time I heard you performing in, in that song live. And uh, I was front row, and I was just bawling my eyes out, man. Like, I was literally so emotional, and my heart just blew open because... I knew that you were living this freedom expression of not only your music and, and what you were able to provide for your brother, but like the bond that you wrote in the lyrics and the way that you passionately performed it, man, it was just like this perfect storm of like, you did it, man. Like you literally made it happen that you accomplished this thing that so few people accomplish, which is the ultimate expression of who you really truly are in your, through your music. You are a family man. Uh, with three beautiful kids and an epic wife. You have the business of your dreams. You can do whatever you please. You were there for your brother in the most, you know, saddest uh, ending to the life, but it actually turned into this like beautiful, beautiful moment as well in some ways. Uh, and I was just a big smile on my face of being like, I remember the first time we spoke, man, when I was in Hawaii and you were in your mom's basement. And it was like that moment where things came full circle uh, and all the things and all the moments and all the conversations and all the messages and all the adversities and all the crazy shit that's happened in the last eight years, good and bad in personal life and business life and our friendship and being, uh, one of your groomsmen at your wedding. And also it was just like all these memories were freaking going through my head and I had the biggest smile and just bawling my eyes out with like tears of gratitude and joy. It was just a really epic moment. So I'm going to cut that song into this with brothers so you guys could have a moment and listen to that and then check out the rest of your music. But where can we, where can they find you and follow along the rest of your journey, brother? Uh, yeah, so if you want to go to uh, www.clintmorgan.com to stay up to date with uh yeah, my music, my annual beat events, uh, and also the Rich Mystic Man podcast, um, which is launching very soon. Uh, thanks for the inspiration, brother. And um, <laughs> can't wait to, to listen. listen. And uh, and then also on Spotify and iTunes, just search Clinex Morgan. Some of my tracks are on there. Then I'm, I'll be releasing about four four new tracks that are fully mastered, ready to roll out, including Brother. And um, I just recorded another couple uh, last weekend, uh, so they're really cool. And I've just uh, made a deal with my producer to produce 12 new tracks over the next three months. So there's an album coming, mate. There's an yes. Album. I'm so pumped, man. That's epic. Uh, I love you, man. Thanks for popping out here. We'll, uh, we'll do another redo here. Maybe I'll, uh, hop out on your podcast as well at some point and we'll jam out again. Have an awesome, epic rest of your day, man. And we'll catch up again real soon and make sure you share this episode with your friends and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Take care guys.
I hope you found something useful here to help you unlock more freedom in your life. We're just getting started. So if there's something you want to hear or a guest you want me to have on the podcast, shoot me a message at the Diamond Life Mentor on Instagram and let me know. You can discover incredibly helpful resources and more ways to build your diamond life now at my website, balajwcardos.com. At the end of the day, this is all about bettering yourself and helping others.